we're going to be talking about faith is. All right, I think we're on part seven, if I'm doing my math right. Part seven. And we're going to be talking about faith is patient. Now, patience is not necessarily one of those words that Christians enjoy hearing about. We like hearing about peace. Sometimes love, uh, joy, we like that one. We like, you know, the uh, health and prosperity, and we like those things. But patience is something that is vital, absolutely vital to being a strong and mature Christian. Because if you don't have patience, you're not going to make it very long. You'll give up. When, I mean, you'll give up pretty quick when things don't go your way. You'll give up when a prayer isn't answered right when you want it answered. And I've got to tell you, there are some times, and I've said this, there are some times that I've prayed for something and it's happened instantly, man. I mean, I just instantly I've had healing. Instantly I've had breakthrough. Instantly, I mean, just monies came in, whatever the need is. A lot of times it has happened so fast. But there's other times... Where it hasn't happened as fast. There's other times where I've had to stand on the promises of God for, for a while. You know, sometimes weeks, months, there's things that I've stood on the promises of God for, for sometimes years. But check it out. If you're faithful to not give up, and if you are patient, and you stick with it, and God answers a prayer, and something breaks through that you've been standing on, and believing for, and fighting for, for years... Do you realize how sweet of a victory that is when that finally, that moment finally comes? When it finally happens and you, and you didn't give up, you fought the good fight of faith for as long as it took, and if, and if that day finally comes, that is one of the best feelings in the world, man. You know, it's nice to climb a little mountain, you know, I climb this mountain over here and stuff, but if I were to do something like Everest or something like that, that would be such a sweet feeling. I mean, you've fought, you've worked for that thing, and when you get up there, you're going to celebrate because you know what went into that. You know what it, it, the times you were tempted to quit, the times you were tempted to say this isn't going to work, I, I, I don't think this is going to happen, the times that just everything, storms came against you, but you didn't give up. You were patient. You just kept doing the right thing when nobody else was, and you made it to the top of the mountain. There's no better feeling than that. But the problem is a lot of people never make it that far because they're not patient. They give up way before Way before they ever should have. And so we're going to look at that tonight. Faith is part seven. It is patient. And we're going to get a hold of this. So I want to open us up in prayer. We're going to get into the word of God on this. And God's going to speak to you tonight if you'll listen up. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much, as always, that we have a great church to come and learn about you and to worship uh, your name, God, and a church to bring our tithes and offerings to. God, it's awesome. But Lord, I pray tonight that as we open our hearts and our minds to the word of God, that you will speak to each person here. You know what each one of us individually needs to hear, and I pray you'll grab a hold of us and get into us tonight in the way that only you can. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Amen. All right. So faith is patient. Number one in everyday life. Who in here could say that? it? I mean, it just takes patience to make it through every day. OK, how many parents can say it takes patience to survive one more day? You know, I, I, it's the truth, you know, I, I, and I'm so, you know, we love them, love the kids, love them so much. But it takes if you're going to be a parent, especially of a bunch of kids, it takes some patience, right? 
you don't want to blow you don't want to blow up on them and everything, but it takes patience just to make it through everyday life, okay? And so I want to show you a verse here tonight, Hebrews chapter twelve, verse one. Hebrews twelve one. All right, we got some excitement in the house. We can do something here. Hebrews twelve, verse one. And I love this in the King James here. Hebrews 12, verse 1. You've got to check this out. And there's several sermons in this one verse, but we'll try to focus on one point. Hebrews 12, 1. It says this. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, And let us run with, say it with me, patience, the race that is set before us. Let us run with patience, the race that is set before us. And this verse, I mean, man, there's so much in this one verse. It talks about this cloud of witnesses. If you're reading this chapter here, it's talking about those that have gone before us into heaven. It says there's a cloud of witnesses. I mean, grandma and grandpa. You know what I mean? They're up there watching. They're witnessing this faith life that you're running. And, you know, it says we got to lay aside the weights. Have you ever tried to, you know, I noticed we just had the Olympics a few months ago. And I think I used this example. But, you know, I noticed that with all the swimmers, I mean, they try to have as little on them as possible. You've got dudes shaving every hair on their body, you know. And I mean, just anything they can do to be lightweight. How stupid would it be, I don't care if you're Michael Phelps or not, if you jump in the water with a 75-pound backpack, you've got some weights. And your chances of winning are highly diminished because you've got extra stuff that does not need to be there. And there's a lot of Christians trying to run this race, trying to compete, trying to, to get to the destination that God has for them. And they've got tons of weight on their back, slowing them down. It says to lay aside the weights that are upon us, okay? But that's a different sermon, so let's get on to the real one here. It talks about next, though, that we need to run with patience the race that is set before us. So all of us have a race that God has set before us, okay? I've got my race, you've got yours. I've got my calling, you've got your calling. You're supposed to run with patience the race that's set before us. So we're all responsible for our own race. And I think a lot of times we aren't running our race properly because we're focused on the other guy's race. You know, well, God, why is he, can you, why is he doing this over here? What's going on with that? He's not going this same way. Well, that's his race. That's not your race. God chose a different path for you. You know, it's all, of course, in line with the word of God, but that's his race. And a lot of times we get sidetracked and we lose patience because maybe someone else, they're a little bit further down the road in their race. That's none of your business. Run with patience the race that is set before you. And so you'll get impatient. You will lose patience if you're focused on everybody else's race. Run the race that is set before you. And of course, we care about other people and all this stuff, but our our attention it needs to be on our own life and on our own race, right? And you know, I'm a firm believer in judging other believers, you know. And I say that and everyone looks at me like, eh? yeah, you know, First Corinthians 6 tells us that we are to judge other Christians. So, what I'm saying, what I'm going to tie all this in together here is this. Yeah, if you see another believer stumbling in a sin, yeah, you say something to him, but that doesn't need to be your focus Like, oh my gosh, I just can't... Listen, run the race that's set before you. And the next question is this. How are you to run your race? Are you supposed to run it as fast as you possibly can? 
Not this race, no. The faith race is a race that's run with patience because the faith race is a marathon, not a sprint. The faith race, you got to get this. The faith race is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And we live in a very, very fast-paced society. Who can say amen to that? I mean, I think about this, and you know, I, I, again, I use this example, but just think about how quickly food is available to you in 2016. I mean, if you have to wait more than some people five minutes for food, they are like, I'm starving here, man. What's wrong with you? I'm going to die in the drive through line. And I think about our ancestors, you know, our great, maybe two or three generations back, depending on how old you are. But think about the process it took for them to get daily food. You know what I mean? To wake up, go out on the hunt or whatever, to, you know, catch the food. To kill the food, skin the food, whatever, you know, butcher and all this stuff. Prepare the food, prepare a fire and everything. It was a full day's work just to get a meal. Okay? I mean, they could, it would be mind-blowing to them to figure out how quickly food is available to us. It is nuts. How quickly, they, and, and in turn, this has developed a very impatient society of people i think grandma and grandpa you know what i mean they probably they had some patience when it came to their faith they they knew that sometimes it happens instantly but they knew sometimes i got to stand on this i got to get some verses and i've got to not give up i got to keep just keep this before god every day but our people man we are so spoiled and used to having things instantly I mean, how many of us, you know, all the time I'll have a question. Gee, I wonder when this happened. I mean, I just pull out my phone and I get the answer within 30 seconds. I wonder what, you know, the, this is. I wonder what, what the answer is. I mean, we just have answers and resources and, and information and food and, and just everything at the palm of our hand within seconds. And that's a blessing and a curse because it's developed an incredibly spoiled and impatient generation of people. And, uh, and you know, I mean, it's, it's my generation, I guess, that's, you know, responsible for a lot of this. But we, you've got to understand that faith is not a microwave thing, okay? A lot of times it's a crockpot meal. It takes a few minutes. It can take a little while. But you don't give up. You stick with it until the end, because I do know this is that Jesus does always have the answers, right? And he does always come through. You know, it says, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Okay, the answers, they do come, but you don't give up when it doesn't happen instantly. And so this is, it's not a sprint. It's not a microwave TV dinner. This can take a little while, but man, when victory comes, it is so sweet. And, you know, I, I think about so many people that I, I, people always fool me. I don't know how after all these years, you know, and probably you guys too, how people still fool me. It, it's amazing the people that come into church and are instantly, like, explosively fired up. This is my church. I found a home. I'll, man, you, you got me. This is it. I want to commit right now to every area. This is it. This is my church. Woo! And then, like... Two or three weeks in, they are gone, never to be heard from again. And, you know, I, I'm just telling you, I've seen this a thousand times. And then the people that come in and, and are just, hey, man, you know, I think God's speaking to me. And, and they start off patiently, 
patiently into the life of faith. You know what? This is, amen. This is, God's speaking to me. I've seen this so many times. The people that make the biggest boom and bang, you know, right off the bat, so many times, they, I don't know where they are two or three weeks later. I'm like, man, they just committed to you know, everything. And, and where are they? But then there's the people that are just come in, receive from God. And I mean, and I'm all, be loud. Please be loud. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying be patient, be stable, be consistent. I think about, I was thinking about Pam actually, you know, I just, I'll probably throw out names tonight. But I miss Pam back there. Hi, Pam. You know, I, I don't think I heard Pam speak till after about a year of knowing her. And I, I'm being serious. But Pam, she's not loud. She's not showy. She's not, you know, doing anything for attention. She's, she's one of those people that just doesn't want you to know what she does. But Pam is probably one of the biggest producers in this church, if you know what she did. She's here three services a week, has been for ten years. You know, I mean, and sometimes you don't even realize it because she's not in your face. Pam is here three services a year, 52 weeks a year. I mean, just doing her job, doing so many areas, but you don't know it. But because of her faith, because of her patience, I've seen a lot of her family Come into the kingdom of God. And I'll bet, Pam, I mean, there's some miracles in that, isn't there? That some of the people that have come in and given their lives to the Lord, it it wouldn't have been that way. But listen, faith and patience. Faith is patient. And I just, I love it more than anything else to see a stable, faithful, consistent Christian. And that's what we've got here. So let me show you a verse here. Hebrews 6. You're already in Hebrews 12. Why not turn back to chapter 6? Hebrews chapter 6, we're going to look at verses 11 and 12. And verse 12 is a verse that you do need to know. You know, sometimes I'll tell you that. But Hebrews 6, 12 is a verse that you need to know. You need to write that down. If you're a highlighter or you do cute little stars in your Bible, this is one of those verses to do that too. Hebrews 6, we'll start in verse 11, but mainly verse 12. Check this out. It says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence... To the full assurance of hope until the end, verse 12, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. It says you're supposed to imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. So faith plus patience equals inheriting the promises of God. It's through faith and patience that you inherit the promises of God. Faith and patience. And, and do you realize what the promises of God are? I mean, there's so many of the promises of God in the Bible. But I can tell you, I want every single promise from God. Is it going to happen if I just have a bunch of faith one day, but not the next, and I just give up and it's out of here? And No. Faith and patience. It takes patience to stick with God. It takes patience to be consistent and keep showing up, keep tithing, keep, keep praying, keep reading, keep confessing, keep, keep committed to what you're doing at this church. Listen, but when you do this, when you're patient, when you're stable, when you stick with it, you begin to inherit the promises of God. What are the promises of God? I mean, there's so many. There's safety. Psalm 91, safety. There's provision, Philippians 4.19. There, there's healing, 1 Peter 2.24, Matthew 8.17. There's peace, Isaiah 53. There are so 
many hundreds and thousands of promises of God in the Bible. And that brings the question, then, if they're all there, why don't we see everybody just walking in all these things? Why, don't we see, why doesn't every Christian just have just the absolute peace of God? Why doesn't every Christian have joy? Why doesn't every Christian, you know, have healing? How, why doesn't every Christian get all these things? Well, they don't just fall into your life. It's faith plus patience equals the promises of God. And so a lot of people are like, man, I wish I could have that. You, you could if you'd stick with it long enough. But you give up every time something doesn't happen instantly. You can't be like that. It's through faith and patience. You know, well, I, I prayed for a new job. It didn't happen. So I'm out of here. I'm, I'm leaving this town. I'm leaving this state. I'm leaving this godforsaken. Blah, 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 blah. Man, shut up. Nothing good's ever going to happen to you if that's your attitude ever. You know, and, I, you know, it's humorous. Brother Hagen talks about the people that always think that moving is the answer to their problems. Listen, the only problem with moving is you're taking you with you. And you are the problem a lot of times. And so you're just, you're, you're going to have, pe- people are going to be jerks, you know, in Indiana, just like they are in California and, and Texas and Wisconsin. And, and I mean, there, there's jerks everywhere, okay? It's not just here. People are rude everywhere. There's no place with perfect people. And if there were, you would ruin it by going because you're not perfect. As soon as you got there, I mean, it'd be imperfect. So just be patient with it, stick with it, and listen, God is going to do some amazing things in your life. And you know, there's so many Christians that have so much potential. I see so many people, and it's like, man, wow, what they could do in the kingdom of God, what God could do through them if they just wouldn't quit every time they get mad. Every time someone has to correct them at church, every time someone has to say something to them, well, no, man, they're, they're, I, no, he's a jerk. He's mean. No, he's rude. I'm not coming to, listen. Part of being a Christian is taking correction, okay? You know, that's a whole other subject right there. But if you get mad and quit and, and, you know, have a little hissy fit every time you get corrected, you're not patient. God cannot use you and you're not going to inherit the promises of God. And so you may have all the potential in the world, but it's faith and patience that inherit the promises of God. And so, listen, stick with it. Just be that stable and consistent Christian. And what if God gave you your full blessing and destiny and promised land right now? What if it didn't take any patience and you got born again and, you know, maybe just like right now, here you are and God's like, oh, you're saved. Here it is. Here's everything that I have for you all in one lump sum right here. Wow. Your promised land right here. What if you got it all at once? There are so many wrong issues with that scenario that I can't even know where to start. First of all, that wouldn't be fair because you never know what it means to walk the faith life. You would never have, I mean, if it just all got dumped into your life instantly, you would never know how to fight the good fight of faith because it just happened for you instantly. I mean, the, the fullness of God's promises instantly, everything just dumped into your life from day one. You would never have to walk the, the faith life. I mean, it just happened to you instantly. That wouldn't be right. Okay, and another thing is you'd probably screw it all up because you're not mature enough to handle it. You know what I mean? You see so many, for example, athletes, you know, guys that maybe didn't come from a background of knowing how to handle money and stuff. Uh, You see NBA players. This one guy saw earned over one hundred and eighteen million dollars in like a 10 year career or something. One hundred and eighteen million dollars. Then three years after retirement was penniless. 
because he was immature. He couldn't. He he was never trained. It didn't have a chance to learn how to handle that type of responsibility. What if God's called you to you know some huge ministry to people, and He gives it to you? I mean, instantly without you maturing to be able to handle it. You'd blow it up. You'd screw it all up. And so there are so many reasons and benefits to God asking us to have patience. Anything that God asks us is for our benefit. God didn't ask us to have patience so he could be this mean parent and just, you know, assert his authority in our lives. No, God requires patience of us because it is for our good. Patience is for your benefit. It is not so God can just, you know, hold you down. No. Patience is for your benefit. And when we learn to walk in patience and in faith, you inherit the promises of God. We know Hebrews 11.6 tells us faith pleases God. It's impossible to please God without faith. And God wants us to have faith and patience together. All right. And so we need faith, number one, just for everyday life, just to survive this life. But number two, we need patience in trials. Anybody in here ever gone through a trial? Yeah. And I'm not talking about you've been to court, okay? That's bad enough. But I mean, I'm talking about you've been through some trials. Some of you have been to court and all others, okay? I get it. Amen. Amen. Good for you. But, <laughs> but listen, there's, there's, there's those trials, but there's the trials that come to us in this life. And you're going to have to be patient because sometimes it, it, it takes a minute, okay? Sometimes it takes a minute to fight through this thing. Now, I want to show you something in James chapter 1. So let's turn over there. James chapter 1. Who's excited still? James chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 2 through 4. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. You've got to get that down. I mean, we're, we believe for it to happen quick. And praise God when it does. Look at this. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Well, that doesn't make much sense. Why would I count it joy when I'm in a trial? A trial is, I mean, that's, that's supposed to be a sad time and a, a lonely time. But the Bible says no. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Why? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. The testing of your faith, it produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And so this word perfect here in verse 4, that doesn't mean you will be faultless and, you know, never, and, and never make a mistake. That word perfect means mature. When you let patience have its perfect work, you are mature and complete, lacking nothing. You're, you're, you've reached a level of maturity. And wouldn't you say that even as a, just a regular person, wouldn't you just say that patience is a sign of maturity? When you see somebody that is, they don't get their way right away, they start stomping their feet and throwing a little fit. I would say, man, that guy's immature. Now, I expect it out of two-year-olds and three-year-olds. I mean, sometimes, you know, they don't get their juice box right away. They throw a little fit and, and you know, you say, hey, no, whoa, you can't act like that. Robert would say, brother, don't do that. Because Robert even calls newborns brother. But anyway, and so he'd say, brother, calm down. And, and you know, and you're teaching these guys because you don't want them to think that it's okay 
for mature people to throw fits when they don't get what they want or when they don't get their way instantly. And so one major sign of maturity in people in the natural world and in the spiritual world is patience. And it says, when you let patience have its work in you, you become mature. You become complete. You, you, start, you start to lack nothing. And, and this, is, this is such a great thing. Mature Christians are patient people. Do you want to be a mature Christian? Or do you, you know, I mean, do you want to be in the nursery your whole life spiritually? Do you want to be in the... Uh, no. Do you want to be a mature Christian? And so a mature Christian may be going through a trial, but they don't give up on God when it doesn't come in one day. They say, it's okay. I know it's working. Absolutely, man. I'm not giving up. I'm sticking with this. I'm going to speak some more promises. Just for that, I'm going to, I'm going to read double the Word of God today. I'm going to listen to it at nighttime. I'm going to speak the Word. I'm going to go to more church services than ever. I'm going to sing more worship songs. I'm going to pray in the Spirit more than I ever have before. That's what a mature Christian does when it doesn't happen instantly. They dig in and say, oh, it's on now. I'm ready to fight. Yeah, I'm doing this. But then an immature Christian says, oh, man. I didn't think it was going to work anyway. I'll just try someone else. I don't know. But that's a sign of immaturity. Don't be that way. An immature Christian gives up when they don't get instant answers to prayers. And as I've said, man, there's been some things I've stayed in faith on for years. Some things minutes, some things years. But listen, either way, the Word of God works. Just because sometimes I fight the good fight of faith for a while, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. It absolutely works, and the Word of God is absolutely alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. But you don't give up. And, you know, I was, there's this quote from Rama where I went to school. You know, they, they told us this uh, all the time. They said, in ministry, payday may not come every Friday, but it does always come. And you've got to know that in your life. Like, listen, it may not be on a certain schedule, like, well, every Friday's answered prayer day, so I'll just wait till then. I mean, no need. No. It may not be every single Friday, but it does always come to those that don't give up. Amen. To those that don't give up. And, you know, I was thinking about it. I talked this morning over the tithes and offerings about, uh, let's see, I saw four people that I was with yesterday that are, most of them are in church tonight, I think. Well, a lot of them. And... Four people that needed a better job or a new job and got it within like the last month or two. Four people. And then I forgot there was a fifth one in here. So I saw him this morning. This young man, uh, he got a new job. He's bleeding for a new job. Of course, got it. Got off at 8 a.m. and still came into church. I was like, dang. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know, hey, there's some people, oh, I got off at 7 o'clock last night. I can't make it to church in the morning. But 15 hours later, good Lord. But anyway, you make, you know, you make, you, you make time for the things that are important to you. And if, if it's a very important, you know, you'll make time for it. And so this, this guy, I mean, he was tired. I could see it all over him. But he came to church. There was no sleep. Worked all night, got off at 8 a.m. and still came to church because church is important to him. So that was job number five. Then after church, I was talking to another uh, lady and her husband worked his very last Sunday morning this morning. He'll never work a Sunday morning again. And he just got promoted to a massively higher position. And he got this new job. They're making him work Sundays. And he was like, 
I'm out of here as fast as I can get out. And he got out quick and he was believing God. And it looked like, man, you're not going to get anything better. And, and sure enough, man, stuck with it within a short amount of time, got a huge promotion. That's six jobs. And you may think like, and this isn't that, that massive of a church, okay? Six new jobs within a month's time. That's a pretty big deal. Six people that are patient people, faith people, tithe people, show up people, say the faith confession people. All these people coincidentally getting what they needed. And I'm not talking about apples for apples. I'm talking about, you know, a bushel for your one apple. I'm talking about promotion, multiplication happening. Isn't this great? But it's through faith and patience. And I was talking to one guy, Brother Lawrence, I'm throwing out his name. Throwing out names tonight. But Lawrence, he, he got a new job, what was it, six years ago. And he's thought, okay, you know, I'll take this job. It'll be, I won't be in it for that long, so I can handle this for this time. He thought he'd be in it six months, is I believe what he told me, and then he'd have a, a bigger thing. But listen, six months turned into six years. But he just, I mean, he just got that promotion, and it was huge. And check it out. Was it sweet, Lawrence, that you stuck with it? Uh, he is glad that he didn't just jump ship and say, ah, oh, this isn't working. Man, I should have known better. No, listen, it paid off, man, through faith. And he told me that he, through these six years, he didn't even, I mean, money wasn't an issue. He didn't even notice. He didn't even care that he was in the same spot for all these years. He was just happy and joyful to be there. And listen, that's faith and patience inheriting the promises of God. If, you, if he would have quit, if all these people would have quit and said, no, I'm not, hey, I'm, I'm out of here, I'll, I'm, you know, I'm moving, I'm, I'm moving, I'm out of here, I quit, I blow up, it, that never would have happened. They stuck with it until they got the answer. Faith and patience brings the promises of God. Check this one out, Isaiah 55.11. I'll bet some of you could quote this. Isaiah 55.11. This is in my arsenal of verses that I speak every morning. I've got this uh, book that I write verses in and I speak them out every morning. And Isaiah 55, 11 is definitely one that every morning, man, we throw this out there, speak this in faith. Isaiah 55, verse 11. The New King James here. And you have got to have confidence in the word of God. Isaiah 55, verse 11, it says... So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And so the word of God says, I mean, God tells us, listen, my word will not return unto me void. It will accomplish what I sent it out to do. And so if you've been speaking the word of God over your situation, if you've been standing in faith and it hasn't even happened yet, listen, God's word will not return void. It is going to happen. You just got to stick with it. God's not a liar. We, and we got a dozen verses that say that. Titus 1, 2. You can write that one down. God cannot lie. If God said, my word does not return unto me void, but it will accomplish what I sent it out to do, it will happen Stick with it. Be patient. Give it time. Stick with it. But the word of God will not return void. It says it shall accomplish what I please. It shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper. And the thing for which I sent it. Be patient with the word of God. It always works. And I can say that with confidence. And I'm not afraid to say that. That the word of God always works. 
That's something else I say every morning. I wrote that in my scripture book. The Word of God always works. Absolutely. The Word of God, it always works. It's just a matter of time, man. You stick with it. You keep doing it. It's going to work. Absolutely. The Word of God does not return void. Just be patient and just don't quit. You know, I've told this story. I was talking to this one lady I worked with, and, and she told me, man... Listen, uh, you're a pastor, right? And I mean, that's always the worst. I love it when people come up and say that because I know they're getting ready to say something absurd. So she comes up, you're, you're, you're a pastor, right? Yep. Man, that tithing thing doesn't work. Okay. Uh, does for me. What, what's your problem? Man, I tried that for one whole month. Four straight weeks and nothing happened. Still in debt. I mean, I happen to know her personal story, like $30,000 of credit card debt. I'm th- you think that one month of tithing is going to wipe away 20 years of terrible decisions? Be patient. Give God a little bit of time. It's going to take a minute to get out of that hole. Now, he could. I mean, we all know God could just come in and, I mean, rain money out of heaven. I mean, the Donald could come and write a check. Whatever. Anything could happen. But chances are... You're going to have to do a little faith fight there. You're going to have to tithe more than four weeks in a row to, to change 30 years of horrific decisions. Faith and patience inherit the promises of God. So don't, don't say, well, you know, I tried it for a month and now I spoke the word, came to every service for a whole month. My life still stinks. Listen, patience, stick with it. Keep doing what you're supposed to do, all right? So, faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Number one, we've got to be patient in everyday life. Number two, patient in trials. And number three, it's this. We've got to be patient with other people. Can I get an amen? Don't sound so enthusiastic. You need to be patient with other people. All right. Like I say that again, you got to be patient with other people. Yeah. All right. Now that's not, who thinks it's fun to be patient with other people. No, it's not. It's not fun at all because other people sometimes can be very annoying. Do you have any annoying people in your life? We all do. Okay. They're, we're surrounded by annoying people everywhere. They're just, they're there. They exist, and they're not going away. Okay. They're not going away. They're there. But you've got to be patient. With other people if you want your faith to work, right? I mean, there's... Oh, we could tear that up in so many ways, too. Galatians 5, 6, faith works by love. You've got to be patient and loving if you want your faith and your prayers to work. And so, man, if you've been praying for someone and you aren't seeing the results yet, don't give up on them. You know, don't give up on them. The Word works. God doesn't lie. You just got to stick with it. How many people in here, you've, you've prayed for someone to give their lives over to God, and it didn't happen instantly, but it took a little while. But it did eventually happen. Yeah. And maybe you're still standing for someone. that you, and, you know, Maybe you've been praying for years, and everyone else would say, oh, your prayers aren't working. They're getting worse. They're drinking more. They're cussing more than they ever have. You're still praying? What's wrong with you? Listen. Don't listen to that. Faith and patience inherit the promises of God. And I, I just, man, there, there's, I'm so glad, you know, for instance, that my great-grandma didn't give up on praying for my dad. You know what I mean? 
I, I'm so grateful that she didn't give up, even though when it looked like oh, it's probably not working. But she stuck with it. That beautiful old woman stuck with it. And because of that, I mean, hey, because of that old lady's prayers, think about the prayers of that lady's life has had on the effect it's had on your life. You wouldn't probably be sitting at High Desert Word Center on Sunday night if this old lady hadn't been praying nonstop for someone back in the long time ago, okay? <laughs> Many years ago in the Midwest, right? If she had given up, if she had given up, you know, I mean, we would not be sitting here. I, w- I wouldn't be up here preaching. I know that. I wouldn't exist. I would not be in existence right now if this old woman hadn't prayed for someone without giving up. Okay, Dad said President Truman was president when she was praying for him to get saved. Get your smartphone out if you don't know when that was. You can find out. 30 seconds, 30 seconds flat, you find out. So, but man, just don't give up when it doesn't happen instantly. And I know we've got a couple of great testimonies in here. I won't throw these guys out, but of their family stuck with the prayers and they're sitting here tonight because faith and patience inherit the promises of God. And there is nothing better than going to church with your family, is there? There's nothing better. You know, I mean, I, if I never make a million dollars in this life, if I'm 80 years old and I'm sitting in church with my kids and their kids, maybe their kids, whatever, that, that's, man, that's the happiest, that is Amen. bliss right there. That's what I want. That is amazing. And so don't give up when it doesn't look like it's working. Galatians 6, 9. I'll try to wrap this up. I know some of you are, uh, a lot of us were, we're going to visit Carl again tonight. <laughs> Galatians 6, 9. Another verse that if you highlight and write cute little stars in your Bible, this is a good one for you to do that too. Galatians 6, 9. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 9, here in the King James, it says this, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we might reap. There's a 50-50 chance that you're going to find, something may pop up out of the ground. If you, if you, no. We shall reap if we faint not. In due season. Well, when is due season? I have no idea. I just know that it's real and it exists and it does come to those that faint not. How many people have been this close to due season? How many people have been right there to their destiny? Right there to having that prayer answered and they finally lost patience. Now, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Who am I kidding? Nothing's happening. And, you know, when you plant a seed, a lot of times... You know, if you're just looking at the surface, at the surface, there's nothing there, man. You, I mean, I've planted stuff, and you can look at it for weeks, maybe months, and it seems like nothing's going on. But beneath the surface, there's roots going down, and there's all kinds of great stuff happening. And pretty soon, something amazing is going to spring up. Like, so you may be sitting there saying, no, no, nothing's happening. Listen, at first glance, it may look like you're crazy. Nothing is happening at all. But beneath the surface, if you're watering... Speaking the word, you're sticking with it. You're not just digging it up and throwing it out and blowing it up. No, if you're sticking with it beneath the surface, 
great, strong, deep roots are, are, are growing. Things are happening that you cannot see in the spiritual. And one of these days, man, something great's going to pop up out of there. And, and it's going to be because you watered it. You stuck with it. You, you, you did everything right. You stuck with it. And because of it, man, something beautiful is going to come out of this. But it's not going to happen if you dig it up and just quit watering and you, you, you throw it all away. Don't do that. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. And so I'll throw one last verse up there and we'll be done. Hebrews 10, verses 35 through 36. Hebrews seems to be the book of the night. Hebrews 10, verses 35 through 36. Hebrews 10, 35 through 36. We'll throw this to the NLT here. Hebrews 10, verse 35. It says, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Don't throw it away, this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now. Patient endurance is what you need now. So that you will continue to do God's will. And then you will receive all that he has promised. And so you've got to have this patient endurance to continue to do God's will. And then you'll receive all that he has promised to you. And God's got a lot of great things that he wants to give into your life. But you can't give up. You've got to stay patient. You've got to stick with it. You've got to keep doing the right thing. And it is going to happen if you don't give up. I don't want to be a quitter. I don't want to be the guy that stands before Jesus and he says, Man, why'd you give up? It was right there. Ah, oh, I wish you would have stuck with that, man. I could have really used that testimony. But, yeah, I mean, you gave up. You know, come on into heaven. But, man, I wish you would have stuck with that. And so, don't give up. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. Amen? All right, let's go ahead and stand up tonight. We'll call it quits right there. All right, we'll have Josh come up and close us out in a song here. But if you need prayer for anything, we'd love to pray for you tonight. Love to see God do something in your life. And so let's take a few minutes to, to worship and speak to God. And, uh, and if you need prayer, come on up. Bigger than the mountain
so uh, the proceeds go to us. And uh, remember that uh, men, Saturday is the men's meeting at Tony's Steakhouse, not here at church. And so we're going to meet over there and have a great time. Nine o'clock Saturday morning, all right? And spread the word to the other guys if you don't see them, all right? And uh, Katie has the vouchers here, so see you. Okay, all right, see her. And uh, we'll get them to you, all right? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the Word of God tonight. And I pray that you help all of us just be strengthened in patience, Lord, and to, to be a stable, committed, mature Christian, Lord, that, that just sees the promises of God come to pass in our lives. We pray you use us this week to show your love to others. And God, we know your angels surround and protect us everywhere we go. We thank you for protection and safety. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're dismissed.